There's so many things that we see in this natural or mirrored in the spiritual and vice versa. So I was thinking we came here with nothing. Well, the first time we came in here, there was nothing. Just a lot of concrete and ugly walls and nothing. Just ugly. And look what God has done. Look what God has done. Brother Joe Grimes, stand up, brother. He's back from Africa. He's out of Africa. Yes. We are so glad you are back. Many, many prayers on your behalf and on your team. And we're looking forward to everything that God has to share through you. So thank, let's just thank the Lord. Father, we thank you for Joe, for that team that they went. went. Lord, were they, you know, they kind of knew where they were going, but they didn't know what they were going to encounter. But you were there before them. You made a way for them and you brought them back safely. Now, Lord, we pray and bless that documentary to touch the lives of thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions for the kingdom, for the glory of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Would you all agree with me on that? Yes. Brother Colin had a word. We were singing uh, one of the songs earlier. and I love your presence. Don't you love that song? I love, I love your presence. And he said, man, the Holy Spirit just said, we need to just be still and know that He is God. Because you're in a season of your life. Some of you are in seasons of your life that you need to be still and know that He is God. You see, we're all in seasons of our life. I love the, the fact, you know, the Lord gave me this, just this word. He just gave me the word when Mary said, what are you going to do? I, I don't know, I just, I just keep using the word seasons. And so uh, we have all the seasons represented up here because we have an incredibly gifted and creative uh, stage designers and and workers. I mean, it's a lot of work to do this. And uh, so they were, uh, they were preparing this because I said it's about the seasons. And not just the seasons of, of uh, winter, spring, summer, and fall. That was the other song I was thinking about doing. Instead of turn, turn, turn. But some of you older folks that were late, you missed our 60s ver uh, uh, version or turn, turn, turn. I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to even mention David Acock. Uh, I'm not going to mention anybody because, anyway, I had a dream a few years ago, and uh, you're all adults in here, right? No, I see some little kids in here. Oh, well. I had a dream, and uh, I was in the men's restroom here. I walked into the men's restroom. And it was, you know, how some dreams are, you know that you're a certain place, but it doesn't look like that certain place. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I knew I was in that men's restroom. And I walked in there, and it was the second stall, and the door was open. And I looked in that stall, and I saw what's usually in the bottom of a commode after somebody hadn't flushed it. I'm just going to say that. With, with a lot of, like, paper towels. And you've been in a restroom and, like, a department store or somewhere like that and they haven't cleaned it and it looked like they was yucky. So it's my house. You don't want a department store. No. You wa I walked in there and I saw this yuck in that commode but sitting on top of the yuck was a beautiful white dove. A beautiful white dove. And I picked up the white dove. I, I, I remember just very gently but trying not to get my hands in that stuff and, and picked up the dove and took the, the dove to the sink and kind of cleaned the dove off and I started to come into the sanctuary but back then there was a wall there started to come to the sanctuary with the dove and I stopped before I walked out of the bathroom door because my wife doesn't like birds you know you know what I'm talking she like if you go to a restaurant and she says come uh, uh, if we want to go eat outside, you don't want to eat outside. If there are birds walking around, I don't really like it either because they could sit on your table. I don't like that, you know. But she's not crazy about birds being loose in a building. Anybody like her? Don't like birds in a building? Yeah, I've got a bunch of, got a witness. Uh, and so I thought, I don't want to, I don't know if I, I should release that bird out here. And I woke up. Not scared. Yeah, if I release the dove in the church, it might scare my wife. My wife represents a bride. Okay? I was representing 
authority. And God says, it's time to release the dove. And I was afraid. Didn't do it. See, we went through an experience a few years ago where we were really going after the Holy Spirit with everything we had, and whatever fiber of our being. We got involved some things that didn't look so good after a while. It looked good at first, but later on it kind of looked a little weird and wacky. And so we just disassociated ourselves as gently as we could from that. It wasn't that gentle, but we disassociated from it. But what, ha- what, what happens when you have a tendency to see some things that don't line up or you don't feel good about, just feel good about, you know? Sometimes we go too far the opposite direction. We back too far away. And, and I believe that was that, that day when I was going to release the dove, that God was saying, release the dove. Get him out of the toilet. You've kept him isolated. Let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. And so as we've entered into this new season that God has brought us, uh, this incredible move of the Holy Spirit, the dove's been released, whether you like it or not. Did you hear me? Holy Spirit wants to be Holy Spirit, whether you like it or not, or whether I like it or not. Because He hates to be confined to a toilet stall. He hates to be shut up in a place. He needs to be released in our lives. And so, you know, I got, I got the, the, I got the visits last week from people. I don't know about this. I don't know about that. These jewels. I don't know about the gold dust. And everybody's talking about all this stuff. Listen, that is so minute in the kingdom of God where God has taken us. If you want to focus on that stuff and not focus on Him, then you've missed the whole point. It's okay if somebody's got gold dust on them. It's okay if somebody finds a gem. It's okay because in the matter, in, in the, in the, in the workings of the kingdom of God, those are just little bitty things because God's about to explode in this place. But we gotta let Him explode. We can't continue to confine Him. We have people that have spoken in tongues. I have tried to keep tongues at a minimum. Because I'm afraid because of 1 Corinthians 14, if somebody lost comes in and they hear us speaking in tongues, if they hear that, they're going to go, oh, no, I can't go in there. That's a, that's a tongue-talking church. Well, we are a tongue-talking church. We are. That's just who we are. Do I want to do things in decency and order? You better know I do. And if you want to get up and you want to start shouting in tongues and there's no interpretation and you're drawing attention to yourself, I will say, shut up and sit down. If, but if, it's a, if a thing be of God, we can't stop it. Let's quit trying to stop it. Forgive me for trying to stop it. Would y'all forgive me? Now, does this mean... Next week we are going to have swings in the, from the fan. No. Does it mean our Sunday morning service is going to change greatly? Probably not. I don't know. But I just know this. God is moving in this place. And if you want to go somewhere else where it's dead and dry, get up and go. Because I'm telling you, I don't know many churches that every week six or seven or eight people are baptized. I don't know about those churches. And I'm already thinking, what are we going to do for a building? I had a dream this morning. I had two dreams this morning. Kingdom dreams. One of them, I was riding a scooter through town. A scooter. Oh, well, that ain't very powerful. <laughs> a scooter. And it's the enemy. This was the enemy trying to tell me, that's all you got, a scooter. But I kept pushing this button on the scooter. And it would go faster and faster and faster. And I was driving through. Woo, woo, woo. And then I thought, if I hold the button down, it'll go really fast. Well, it got too fast for me. See, we can outrun God. We can go, oh, I love the manifestations, and we can start focusing on that, and we can lose God in the, in, we can leave Him in the dust. We're not doing that. So it got so fast, I couldn't control the speed, I just turned the key and I clicked it off. And I, pu- 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 pu. It's trying to control things, you know? If you don't think you're one of those controlling people, you're probably lying. We all like to kind of control things, right? Just be honest. So I, I, it's dying. I got to start this thing back up. 
turned it up, and put, put, started. Had a little bit of gas in it. And then, and then the next thing I know, I'm in, a, I'm in this building, but it's not this building. It's one of those kind of dreams. And, and it's, there's no roof. See, a lot of people think we can go up and another floor. We can build on this and add another story. Well, it's probably strong enough to do that. I don't know if that's what we're going to do because we're going to need room. Okay, so I had this dream, and, and I'm, I'm in another room, but I hear the people, they're like three guys. I don't know who they are. They're not any of you, uh, and maybe. But there were three guys, and there was a crowd of people, and they were like asking questions and talking back and forth. And I walked in and said, oh, oh, we need the pastor. And this man takes the mic, and he says, Pastor, what are we going to do for the crowds? How are we going to function? How are we going to do this? We don't have room for everybody. And I see, he said, what are we going to do? And I said, I looked at him, and I said, well, this room will, this room will work. This room will work, but it's going to cost a million dollars. In my dream, I said a million dollars. And Brandy said a million dollars this morning. Yeah. A million dollars. In today's economy, churches just like, a million dollars, no big deal. But for us, it's a big deal. For me, it's a big deal. Is that a big deal for y'all, a million dollars? Not a big deal for God. It is for me. But when my flesh gets involved, then it gets to become a, a big deal. Because God's doing something here. He's bringing other people. They may not act like you, look like you, smell like you, but that's us anyway, <laughs> right? So where God's taking us, I, all I know is God's calling me to a shepherd or under shepherd, if you prefer that, to protect the flock. And that's what God's called Mary Lou and myself to do. We have to protect the flock. We have to help guide the flock, the sheep. Y'all that say bad. It's a good job. We, we have to help guide as God leads us, as the Holy Spirit leads us to where he's going to lead us. Amen? But I'm just telling you, if, you, if you're kind of yeah about this whole thing, about where we're going, we don't want to pull and we don't want to push. That is just, Mary Lou said, I am so tired of pulling and pushing. That's just exhausting. I just want to go where it's easy. I want to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. And that's where I want to go. I want to, be, I want to be moved. I want to be flowing in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because he teaches us all things. He's not going to lead us astray. He's not going to lead us down into the river to jump in or drink the Kool-Aid. He's not going to do that. That is like drinking the Kool-Aid if you drank that river water, you know. So where God has taken us, you just need to get ready. Get ready because it's exciting. Uh, the Christian life should be the most exciting life of all lives. This should be the adventure of your lifetime. You're just saying, make me a vessel, make me an offering. Well, did you mean it or not? Because if you didn't mean it, he knows in your heart whether you mean it or not. But you're special in his eyes. He loves each and every one of you, and he's got a purpose for every one of you. I want, to, I want you to turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a great philosopher that said this about timing. This is the name of the sermon. is timing is everything. All that other stuff was pre-sermon. The great philosopher Willie Nelson said this. The early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. <laughs> delayed, delayed thoughts. What? <laughs> the early bird gets worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. That's all about the timing. How many of you know timing is really important? In buying a house, selling a house, taking a job, not taking a job. It's in sports, timing is everything. Timing is important. We need to learn our skills. Everything has to be timed. And God has a way of timing. God has a spiritual clock for us. You see, the world has a clock. The world's clock. Here, I'm see, I'm going to be 66 in November. Can y'all believe that? I know you can't. I'm just going to help you out, but we yeah, I can believe that. I'm going to be 66 in November. November and. and I've already applied for my full benefits. Yes. <laughs> you know? But the world says, hey, if you wait to 66, you'll get full benefits. And I did. But then the world says you can retire. You can just sit down and rest. You can go get your Baca lounger or Barca lounger or your lazy boy, and you can get your remote, or you can get your RV, and you can travel the world. You can do all those things. I'm not saying those things are wrong, okay? I'm not saying retirement's wrong. But I'm saying the retirement in the world, God's, God's clock is different. He says, I'll let you retire when you <gasps> take your last breath. That's when we retire in the kingdom of God. So we're all, we have this spiritual clock and we have the world's clock. And most of us let the world tell us what to do and when to do it. Right? We just kind of give in to what the world says. 
And God says, no, I've got, I've got timing for you. I've got a spiritual clock for you. And he wants us to move in this new season in, in, as Freedom Fellowship, as individuals in Freedom Fellowship. We need to move from season to season. Listen, it's imperative for us to know and to move in God's timing. Because if we get out of time with God, that's when division comes. That's when failures come. That's when ministries die. Is when they get out of God's timing, they run ahead and they do things that they shouldn't ever have done or they lag behind and God says, no, 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 come on, come on, come on. We've got to be in timing with God. Say, I want to be in time with God. You know why we want to be in time with God? Because His timing is always perfect. Always perfect. God is in, I was looking at a, a Dottie Peoples. Anybody heard of Dottie Peoples? She started singing this song because I, 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 I serve an on-time God. I serve an on-time God. It's a really good song. I serve an on-time God. Well, we serve an on-time God. Amen? Listen, if we're stubborn and harden our hearts to the season that God is moving us into, then I'm going to tell you this. We will miss the blessings if we miss the timing. We'll miss the blessings. You know, when, when Saul was king of Israel, remember, remember Saul? He came before David, and he became a really crazy king, and got, he, just, he was just messed up. And when he got finally defeated and he, and he died, when he died, then guess who got all of his army? David did. Here's one scripture I found in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. It says this, And the sons of Issachar had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The only tribe out of the twelve, only, the only one, the sons of Issachar had an idea about God's timing and what they were supposed to do next. See, I'm thinking, I want to be that, I want to be like that son of Issachar. We should, we should be like the sons of Issachar, that we hear God, we know God's timing, and we know what to do next. Amen? Don't you want to know what to do next? Well, then you've got to get in sync with God. Many of us are so busy trying to catch up to God, we're so far behind God that when we finally get there, He's already moved again. So I want us to move with God. You know what it's going to call, you know what it's going to take for us to move with God? It's going to take U-N-I-T-Y. As we move as one, as one, one body of believers. We move in unity. Amen? Are y'all with me this morning? Ecclesiastes chapter three. Most of y'all have heard the song earlier. But most of us, we don't really talk about that scripture much because we don't understand Solomon. He was messed up when he wrote Ecclesiastes in a sense. He had really, he had uh, been in his younger years, he had written Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. He wrote Proverbs and he wrote some of the Psalms. And man, he was, he was on fire for God. He was considered at that time to be the wisest man that ever lived. But then yet he did what so many Christians do. He got his eyes off the prize. He got his eyes off of God. And he said, well, you know, I've got everything, but I, I really need more. So he went after women. He went after money pleasures, whatever. He went after just the same things that you and I have gone after before in our life. He went after the things of the world because he wanted to feel this fulfillment. He wanted to be fulfilled in his life. And so that's where Ecclesiastes was born out of his backslidden state. And so you go, well, God, why did you put this book in here? Because he wants you to see what, he, what Solomon saw when he chased after the things of the world. When his seasons got messed up, when he got out of time with God, he had to, he had to come to the understanding that all his vanity, all his loss, this world, everything that you think you're going to get and is going to make you happy will never make you happy. When you think if you've got enough money in your bank account, then you'll be happy, then God's going to say, you know what, if that's what you think is going to make you happy, I'm going to just take it away from you. He can do that. You know that because he wants you to seek him. He wants you to search after him. He wants you to go after him with everything you got. So if, if you think that you're gonna, if, if you think that that woman, guys, if you think that woman's gonna make you happy because your wife ain't doing it for you, and I wanna tell you that woman will not do it for you. Maybe you ought to take care of the one that God gave you in the first place. Woo! I better get back over here. Just saying. Yes, it works both ways, darling. I know. Brandy. Yes. Ecclesiastes. We're going to read eight verses. Then we're just going to hang on to two for today. I think God's going to have me stay in this chapter for a while. Or this, yeah, this chapter. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 3. The preacher is writing this, Solomon. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing teenagers. <laughs> you need to refrain from embracing, son. <laughs> a time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Go back to verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Number one, timing is everything. I don't even know who coined that phrase. I tried to, I Googled it. You know, like all good pastors, you Google so if you can find out something. But there's really no definitive answer to who actually coined that phrase. So it's given a lot of people to take credit for it. But it is, it is a, a great saying. But I want you to hear this from the message uh, translation because it really nails it as the way, the, the way Hebrews would, the Hebrew language would speak it. There's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on earth. So the word seasons there just means a time, a, a specific time. There, there is a specific time to do things. There's a purpose that you have, and there's a time to uh, embrace that purpose and walk in that purpose. But if we don't embrace that, if we don't understand that we have a set time or time in our life to go after what God has, got, has for us, then we will miss, like I said, we'll miss the timing and we'll miss God and we'll, we'll end up flailing around. And how, let me just ask you a question. How many of you feel like you've ever missed God before? How many of you miss God in, like in, in an assignment? There was, a, there was timing. There was timing there that was involved, and you missed God in it. Matter of fact, you heard God, but you didn't obey God, so you missed it in the process. You know what I'm talking about? You, you, God spoke something to you, and you said you argued with him, and you tried, to, you tried to rationalize and compromise and tried to do what you thought was best instead of what God thought was best. Duh. <laughs> he is only the creator of your brain. <laughs> And you already knew you were going to do that anyway, but we miss we miss God's timing. And one of the one of the saddest things I can ever I can remember. My many of you know Paul Sanders, my brother-in-law, that I dearly love, an awesome awesome man of God. I'd put him up against anybody as far as just a faithful man. Been to Guatemala on missions, had children's homes, raised kids, just to been an awesome Christian all of his life, so long as I can remember. When he was a teenager, he was one of those on-fire teenagers. Y'all listen to me, teenagers? Wake up. Wake them up. Come on, wake up. Well, CJ's not here to slap you upside the head. Okay? I want, I want y'all to listen to me. Y'all listening? Focus? Okay. My brother-in-law was an on-fire believer. You know, like when y'all come back from camp, everything, yoo-hoo. And he had a friend that came up to him one day and said, Paul, it's a good friend of his. I said, Paul, Tell me about this Jesus. You seem to have it all together. You seem, your life seems to be so good. And I'm, I'm just paraphrasing some things that he said, okay? But he wanted to know about Jesus. He wanted to know about the Jesus my brother-in-law had in his heart. My brother-in-law stammered around, felt a little embarrassed, maybe a little ashamed, I don't know. Didn't tell him about Jesus. A day or two later, his good friend was in an automobile accident and died. And he said, to this day, that haunts him. He missed God's timing. God's timing was then. I'm just saying that for y'all, but I'm saying it for you, and for you, and you, and you. There are people that God's put in your path, and he's giving you a timing. He said, now is the time. And for whatever reasons, we think, well, you know, I can do that next week. But you don't know what's going to happen next week. Unless you're super prophet. You don't know. And God said, now is the time. 
Write the letter today. Send the email today. Make the phone call today. Go to their house today. Today is the day of salvation. Quit arguing with God. Get on His timetable and not yours. His is so much better than yours and mine. Second Timothy 1, 8 through 11 says this. This is the Apostle Paul. We're going to speak a few scriptures about him this morning because he was such an awesome guy. But he understood his calling. You see, it says there's after everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Would you just say this this morning? God has given me purpose. He included me. In his plans. He, there's no exemptions here. No exemptions. You don't get a you don't get an exempt card. I, that's not for me. It's for you. It's for me. He has a plan for you. So many people think, well, he hasn't called me to be a preacher. Yeah, he has. He's called all of us to be preachers. I preached a whole sermon on that. You know that uh, what's that Saint Francis of Assisi saying that uh Speak the gospel, and if it, if if you have to use words, right? Is that what it is? I forgot what it is, but we have to use words. Somebody, I'm just going to live the example before them. That's cool, but you got to use words. Use your big boy words. Do you know Jesus? Let me tell you about my friend Jesus. Okay. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Say, he's called me with a holy calling. That means set apart calling. He set apart the husband from the wife. He's got a calling for you, and he's got a calling for you, and he's got a calling for you. We all have an individual calling. It's a set apart calling. Not according to our works, but according to what? His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. His timing. He already has it figured out before time even began. So he's asking us to get in step with his timeline. But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. To which, this is what he says, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. He had an appointed time. He was going out. He was a, he was a God-fearing man, and he was working for the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he was going out, and he was arresting Christians, and he was having them thrown into jail, into prison where they were killed. Many of them were killed, and he was on his way. He had a warrant. He was like a bounty hunter for Christians. He had a warrant to go to this city called Damascus, and he was going to go arrest some more Christians, and he was going to have them thrown into prison so that they could die. He thought he was doing the good thing, but God's timing was different. God said, now is the day for your salvation, Paul. And he said, Saul, saw why are you persecuting me and he knocked him off his horse into the dirt and he blinded Saul so Saul could come to his appointed time and he saved him that day and he baptized him in the Holy Spirit and he said now I've appointed you to be a preacher to the Gentiles everybody but everybody you've been you've been a Jew all your life but I want you to go to the Gentiles Paul there's an appointed time for you today said there's an appointed time for me He was saved not for his purpose, but for God's purpose. You're saved for God's purpose. The plan was laid out before time began. Verse 2, here's the second part of verse 2. There's a time to be born. Number 2 says, <laughs> this is really complicated. It all starts with being born. <laughs> Say, I started out as a baby. Say, everybody, everyone here can agree with that, right? You started out as a baby. There's a time to be born. Now, Solomon's talking about a physical birth here, I believe. But God said, Harold, I want you to take them past the physical birth because everybody's got to be born. Everybody's going to be born except for those children that have been aborted or, or there was miscarriage or all that. But listen, they're, they're all safe. They're in heaven. Amen? God takes care of His children. But there's a time to be born. Solomon, again, he's talking about a physical birth, and I want us to go a little bit further about with this. We also have to be born again. 
There is a physical birth and there's a spiritual birth. And then as we grow and mature, there's another birthing process. That's called what God is birthing you, the, the, the ministry or the calling that He's birthing you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh man, I don't know. I'm supposed to do this and so. I, God, I have people come to me all the time. Pastor, I need to visit with you. Mike's coming to visit with me. I've been just burning in me to go to the jails, go to the, go to the prisons and minister to these guys in prison. It's a burning desire. It's a calling on his life. It's a purpose that God has given him. And I could go throughout the room and say, God has given you purpose to do certain things. He has called you. He's birthed it in you. You listen, it's not like you can go take a pregnancy test to find out your ministry. Be nice. Well, I'm not going to describe. I'm not going to show you that, but just read the little label, <laughs> Pastor. Wow, <laughs> nursery worker, <laughs> more babies. <laughs> it's not that. It's not that way. But he does call you. He bursts things in you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? He's birthed something in you. Yeah, that's a lot of you. So I expect a lot of babies to be born. Baby ministries that God's birthing in this place. I, I, I hear it all the time. Pastor, God's put this on my heart to do. And then I'm going to say, okay, let's help get you equipped to do it. Let's take you through the process. Let's pray. Let's get the intercessors praying. Let's seek God's plan and will for your life in this whole thing. Let's get you in time with God. Remember the story of Esther? I can't go into all the story of Esther because it would take a long time. But because, and she was not, she was, she was Jewish. And she became the queen of Persia. Because she had listened to the Lord and followed his leading, she was, she was really, uh, had a lot to do with the saving of the Jewish race. I'll just put it that way. And it says in there, she was born for such a time as this. Say, I am born for such a time as this. This. Not yesterday, but this. What is birthing you today? You've been born for this time. You know, I've, have you ever met those people that say, well, I wish I was born back in the 1800s. Man, I like to rope and I like to ride. I don't like them newfangled cars. I'd rather ride my horse into town. You know people like that? They, th they think, <laughs> there's a few of you here. Yep. You say, I was just born out of due season. I was just born out of season. I shouldn't have been born in the 60s or the 50s or the 80s. Why? You know what you're doing when you say that? You're saying, God made a mistake in my birth date. So repent. Repent and get on board for today. For what God is doing in your life today. Drive the car. Drive the car. It all starts with being born, church. It all starts with God manifesting his life and his presence in you through being reborn and then being birthed at what God has for you to do in the kingdom of God. We have to recognize that God is birthing something inside of each one of us today. Ask him, God, what are you birthing in me? I, I don't feel like there's anything birthing in me. Just ask him. He's preparing you for something. I promise you that. He's an on-time God. 1 Corinthians 15, 7-9, Paul, was, this is really the gospel in a nutshell if you read the previous verses. But Paul was one of those people that acted like he was born out of time. After that, he was, he was describing the resurrection. He said, after that, he, Jesus, was seen by James and by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Now, do you think God knew about the timing that he was going to have an appointment on the road to Damascus with Paul? You think he knew? It's not a trick question. He knows everything. So if I say, do you think God knew something? It's always yes. Okay? He knew what he was going to do. He knew the timing. And Paul, yet, yet Paul says, you know why he spoke that? He says, because I'm, I'm just nobody. I don't, I, can't, I don't even know why he would use me. But listen, God knows why he wants to use you. He knows when he wants to use you. He wants you to line up with his timing and not be, not be living in the past. Not be, you know, so many people say, God can't use me. You don't know what I've done. Man, if we shared stories in here, nobody would come back in this room probably next week. 
if you shared stories of what you've done, because we're all kind of bad from the core. It says we were born that way. We were born in sin. And he can use any of us if we're willing to line up with him and his timeline for our life. I don't even know how effective Paul would have been if he hadn't done what he had done. I don't know. But I know that was a driving force behind him to go and reach as many people as he could because of what he had done in his past. He says, God, I'm not looking at, I'm not, I'm not going to hang out back there anymore. I'm going forward for the kingdom of God. Why did I say that? Because many of you miss, many of you think you've missed that door or that window of opportunity. Anybody here feel like you've missed the window? Let's be honest. Several times. We missed the window. Is God through with you yet? No. Please, please don't let the devil tell you because you missed the window of opportunity and he's preaching on the timing of God that he can't use you anymore. That's just a lie from the pit of hell. What do you do if you miss the window? You look for another window. Or you look for a door. You go find out what God's got for you. He wants, he has something for you. I don't care how old you are. Age has nothing to do with it. Read about Joshua and Caleb. Nothing to do with it. Read about Abraham and Sarah. Age has nothing to do with it. So if you miss the door of opportunity, look around for a window that God's going to be opening real soon. Amen? We're still in verse 2. Time to born, uh, time to die. <laughs> this is a good subject. Number three is dying. <laughs> That's so creative, isn't it? What's your third topic, Mr. Pastor Watkins? Dying. <laughs> One word, dying. Say dying. <laughs> so he's talking about physically dying, right? I understand that. There's a time to be born in a time to die. I'm so glad I'm a Christian. You know why? Because Jesus says we never die. Say, I never die. Read it in John 11. If you don't believe me, Jesus said that. It says, even if you believe in me, though you die, you shall never die. What he's talking about is your spirit, man. You never die. We never die. Say, I never die. I live forever. Here's the thing. When, when God was showing me this scripture and how to apply it to today, he said, I'm not talking about, he said, you can talk about physical death, but he said, I, this is what I want you to see. I want you to know, are you willing to die? Are you willing to die for the cause of Christ? Are you willing to die for Jesus? Not just a physical death. I'm talking about, are you willing to die to yourself? Are you willing to lay down your own agenda and pick up God's agenda for your life? Because that's when you really will start to live. That's when you'll understand His timing. But as long as you're controlling everything and you're running everything, God's timing is going to be there and you're going to be over here searching out the things of the world. You're going to be over here trying to figure things out in your flesh. And God says, no, 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 no. You need to die to yourself so you can live to me. So you can live to me. So you got to die to yourself. What does that look like? And you know what? I don't even, I, I wish I could tell you some philosophical way. What does it mean to die to yourself? It just means whenever you think you're doing something for you, you need to ask God, is this for me, God, or is this for your glory? Will this harm the kingdom or will this help the kingdom? Will this harm my witness or will this help my witness? Die to yourself. That means you got to crucify the flesh. And I'm telling you, that's kind of a daily thing. Because every day something else is presented to us. And we have a choice. You're going to die to yourself? You're going to live to Christ? Or are you going to live for the enemy? Promote his, his plan. I love what Paul said in Acts 20, 24. He said, but none of these things moved me. He was, he was about to be sent to Rome. To be arrested and sent to Rome so he could get to Caesar and tell him about Jesus. That's what his agenda was. So, but none of these things, everything that y'all, all these prophets were saying, this thing's going to happen to you, you're going to be arrested, you're going to be put in chain. He said, none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. That's a problem with a lot of us. We fear dying. Anybody? Not, anybody here just 
not happy about the thought of dying. Come on, be honest. Good night. I'm not going to come out there and just, oh, you, you're selfish. <laughs> Nobody wants to die, do they? Physically die? I, I don't want to die. I want to live forever in the physical. <laughs> but I want to be healthy in the process. None of us really want to die. But he's not asking you to die physically. He's asking you to die spiritually, uh, crucifying yourself, crucifying your flesh. But I want you to read the rest of this. Paul says, I don't count my life dear to myself. In other words, hey, you know, he says, the live of Christ is to die is gain. You can shoot me now. You can shoot me later. I'm going to tell about Jesus. And if you shoot me, I'm just going to be with Jesus. So it's a win-win for all of us as Christians. Say it's a win-win. Okay. But he says, he says, I don't count my life dear to myself so that I would, may do what? Finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He said, listen, it doesn't matter if I die, if I live. I'm going to do, I'm going to finish my race with joy. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out singing. I'm going to go out praising God. I'm going to go out witnessing. I'm going to go out sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That should be our heart's desire. Then he says there's a time to plant. How many farmers do we have in the room? Uh, well, we're in trouble for food source if you're it. <laughs> What's your address? <laughs> what are you growing right now? How many gardeners? You know you're a farmer if you're a gardener. Just a small-time farmer. <laughs> fourth thing I want you to see this morning is there's a time to plant. Probably nobody pays, pays closer attention to the seasons than farmers. They, they just do. They, they have their own almanac. I don't know if they, anybody else has their own almanac. But farmers have their own almanac. They go by the seasons. They, they, they understand the times and the seasons. They understand there's a time for planting. There's a time for fertilizing and, and watering and, and taking care of the plants. And there's a time for the harvest. And then there's a time for resting, the ground resting. They understand the seasons of life. So how does that look for us in the spirit realm? Because I believe that all, because Jesus spoke of farmers all the time. He used that picture so they could understand the parables. He would use farming uh, situations. You know, he told the, he said there's one guy that had so much grain, he filled up his silo, and he said, go build up another silo so we can fill that up. He just kept storing up stuff, stuff, stuff for himself. And, and, the, and the Lord said, man, he's selfish. Today his life is going to be required of him. Who's, who's going to get all that grain? He talked about farming. He talked about putting your hand to the plow. He said, once you put your hand to the plow, don't look back. What happens when you look back when you're trying to plow? So what happens, you, you get off track. You get out of timing. He talked about the four soils that you sow the seed into. He talked about farming all the time. So I'm looking at this. Lord, what, what does this have to do with us? What is this scripture? It's a, there's a time to plant. Listen, all of us are farmers. Say, I'm a farmer. Because we're all called to sow seeds. Every one of you are called to sow seeds. And some of you, did you know you're sowing seeds all the time, whether you know it or not? Some of you are sowing good seeds. Some of you are sowing bad seeds. S-O-W, that means you're scattering, you're planting. He said there's a time to plant. What are you planting? In the kingdom of God, the timing is, listen, just like I told you about my, my brother-in-law, Paul Sanders, there's timing even in the sowing of our seeds. We need to ask, Lord, is this the time I need to speak life to this person? Is this the time I need to sow a prayer to this person? Is this the time that I need to go next door and tell my neighbors about Jesus Christ? There's timing in the planting. Ask a farmer, does he just go out in the winter and start digging a hole and pour some seeds into it? No. He knows better than that. There's a time for everything. Purpose, a purpose for everything under heaven, the scripture says. We're in a new season at Freedom Fellowship. And I'm telling you, it's a season to sow bountifully. 
It's a season to sow bountifully. And I'm not talking just about money. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about your breath. I'm talking about your words. I'm talking about your lifestyle. I'm talking about your family. Are you going to be sowing seeds of goodness, kindness? Are you going to be sowing seeds of truth? Are you going to be sowing seeds of the gospel? Because if you sow those kind of seeds, guess what you get? You get that back. And you reap it bountifully. Let me read this scripture. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. God's called us to be bountiful sowers so we can be bountiful reapers. Thank you. God is good. <laughs> See, if you think what you got is yours, you will never sow bountifully. You never will. You know, God might have asked somebody this morning to write the million-dollar check. He might have already said that to you. Well, God, I don't know. I, I, got, I only got two million in the bank. Really? <laughs> or he might have told you to sow $1,000. He might have told you to sow $10. I don't know. But I'm telling you, if you think it's yours to keep and hold on to, you're sadly mistaken. Somebody's going to get it. I'd rather sow it in the kingdom than sow it to the IRS. <laughs> Got a little. That's for sure on that one. But at last, I want us to see the harvest. There's a time to pluck what is planted. A time to pluck what is planted. See, all these seasons happen all the time in a, in a fellowship. Some of you right now, you're in a sowing and reaping season. Some of you in the resting season. Some of you in the prep season. Some of you in the fertilizing season and the watering season. We'll show you that in the scripture. But all those in a healthy church should be going on all the time. Amen? Matthew 9.35 Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Those people are all over this city. They're all over the city. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. His harvest. Many years ago, a man prophesied over my wife. He said, uh, this work, Freedom Fellowship, this is when we were about 100 people, maybe, I don't know. Probably not that many. He said, this work didn't just happen. Somebody prayed it in. Somebody prayed it in. And people have been praying ever since. We've been sowing seeds for 17 years. And we have been blessed to see harvest much harvest but i'm telling you my spirit and my spirit god said there's a lot more to come there's a lot more to come he said you think you've seen people get free and delivered you ain't seen nothing yet you, you see you, you think you've seen people get baptized in the holy spirit and get empowered to go out and do the works of jesus you haven't seen anything yet He wants to do way more than we can think or imagine in our wildest dreams. You know, my flesh, I've been trying to figure out, well, how are we going to do this, Lord, if we're already 80% full and everybody's, you know, church, church uh, wisdom says when you're 80% 80, 80 full, then if you don't expand, then people will quit coming. That's Wes. He was my, my son. <laughs> Where's Wes? Yeah, I saw him earlier. He was 10 minutes late to church. He's a pastor here. He had a, he had a good reason, I think. And uh, he, look at him. He's opening the door just a little bit. Uh-oh, Dad's talking about me. But he said at 10 after 10, he couldn't find a parking spot. Anybody have a trouble finding a parking spot today? Oh. Even if you get here early, that's going to leave somebody else having a hard time finding a parking spot. And so we've been brainstorming and talking about expanding this building and building out over the parking lot. We have all these thoughts. And then I'm thinking, it doesn't matter how big we make this if we don't have parking. 
Doesn't matter if we build a new thousand seat sanctuary. We don't have parking. We'll still have the same problem. So we had God give us godly wisdom. Do we need to go to two services? We've done it before. But should they be Saturday night and Sunday morning or two on Sunday? We don't know. Just asking you to start praying. Because we want to hear Holy Spirit. We want to be led by the Spirit. I don't even know why I said all that. Oh, because we need a lot more laborers. <laughs> That's what it is. But I love what Jesus said here. He said, if you need the, he said the harvest is, y'all know that on a Sunday morning, you have a hundred thousand population, about 10,000 people. That's being generous or in church. That means the harvest, like there's 90,000 people out there that are unchurched. I'm not saying they're not all saved, but I would say a big portion of them are possibly not saved. That'd just be safe there. Then that means the harvest is white. There's, there is a sea of people outside these walls that don't know Jesus. Would you agree? And so he said, if, if the harvest is plentiful, he said, this is what you need to do. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to God. Ask him to send laborers so that we can go into the harvest field. But I'm telling you, I don't know how many people here, 300, 400. I don't know how many, but if this, just us, if we are set on fire by the Holy Spirit and we go out into this neighborhood, into this community, we will see people come to the kingdom of God and we won't know where to put them, but we'll have to figure it out. But get comfortable sitting close to somebody. Get comfortable when somebody says, will y'all scoot in? Yes, I'll scoot in. Well, I gotta have a place for my purse and my Bible. No, you don't. Do we need to put hooks on the back of the chair so you can hang your purse? I don't know. But we need to quit thinking we want to stay comfortable if there's a move of God here. And if it's a move of God, we can't stop it. Well, we can. We can say, uh-uh. And you'll go somewhere else. I want it to be here. If you think you're here by accident this morning, let me just assure you that you're not. You were prayed in. You were prophesied in. And some of you need to pick up the tools that God has given you. Get out in the field and start sowing, fertilizing, watering, weeding, clearing the land and letting God do the harvest. I don't know what it's going to look like for you. I know what it looks like for me. But I don't know what it looks like for you. I'm going to close with uh, scripture from 1 Corinthians 3. This is from the Passion Bible. Because let me just warn you. Can I just put a warning out? When God, when the enemy sees somebody or some uh, a church body on fire, he ain't going to go to the dead churches and try to put out fires there because there ain't no fire. He's going to come where the fire is. And he's going to be a big fire extinguisher. He's going to try to knock the socks off of us. He's going to try to put out your fire, my fire. That's just what he does. He's going to try to bring jealousy in. That's what was happening in the church at Corinth. I'm about to read about it. He's going to try to bring jealousy in. Well, who baptized you, Colin? Who baptized you, CJ? Who baptized you, Courtney? Who baptized you? Hey, I baptized people today. I'm the baptizer. He'll try to bring jealousy in. You think that's silly? Ain't silly. He'll try to bring jealousy and try to bring division any way he can. He wants you pointing fingers at people. In judging people. Well, I don't know about that ministry. Do you really know them that well? Instead of praying for somebody, we'll start criticizing them. And my Bible says, before you try to get the speck out of your brother's eye, get the plank out of yours. Get the telephone pole out of your own eye. We got to come to this place, guys, where we're walking in unity. And this place will be packed. And it might get warm in here. 
But we'll figure it out with God's leading. He'll show us what to do. If it's building a building or selling this building, moving somewhere, I, I'm not married to this building. Well, kind of am. <laughs> Don't take this building, Lord. You see what I'm talking about? We can get married to the wrong things. And <laughs> no comment. Don't say, yeah, I know about that. <laughs> Let me read this. Then we're close. Are y'all, are y'all getting me today? You f- okay, that's good. Who is Apollos, really? Or who is Paul? Is Paul writing this? Aren't we both just servants through whom you believed our message? Aren't each of us doing the ministry the Lord has assigned to us? I was the one who planted the church. This is Paul. He planted this church at Corinth. And Paulus came and he cared for it. But listen to this. Highlight this if you have your word. But it was God who caused it to grow. This means that one who plants is not anybody special, nor the one who waters. For God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. He gets the glory. Now, the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important. And on the same team, look at your neighbor and say, I'm on the same team that you're on. We'll get jerseys for everybody. But each will be rewarded for his own work. We are co-workers with God and you're God's cultivated garden. The house he is building. Wow. God's building this house. He's building us. We're imperfect people. And he's working on us. Remember that song we used to sing, working on the building? For my Lord, for my Lord. It's a Holy Ghost building. It's a Holy Ghost building. It's in the key of G. It's one key song. <laughs> How many of you enjoy baptisms here? I know a lot of people go, ah, that, that's just, why do they do that every week? <laughs> really? <laughs> That's the harvest. See, that's the harvest. We get to see the harvest. Can I tell you one other thing about farmers? I learned this through Google. They, they, there's a time when they plant, a time when they take care of it and weed it and fertilize it, and a time of harvest. And in the wintertime, a lot of people go, what do they do? Just go home and rest? The ground rests, but you know what farmers do? They get their equipment ready for next season. They plan what they're going to plant. They start thinking. They start planning. They have purpose. There's no downtime in the seasons of God. We're all called at this time, such a time as this, for the kingdom of God. Would you stand? We have the ministry team come to the front. Don't despise the fact that all you've been doing is watering some plants. That's a great thing. Don't despise that that you've just been putting fertilizer on some souls. Don't despise that. Don't think it's all about the planter and the harvester. It takes all of us. We're a team. And as he's working in us and through us, as long as we'll let him lead this ship, we'll be okay. As long as we let him lead this ship, we'll be all right. Amen? Say, I was born for such a time as this. I was born for such a time as this. First of all, the, the invitation is for, just bow your heads, close your eyes so you can not be distracted. First of all, the invitation is for the lost. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today the Bible says, if you hear, don't harden your hearts. Today is your day of salvation. Don't miss this window this morning of your appointed time to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Don't miss this window. Biggest window you'll ever see. He's throwing it wide open this morning for you. I'm not talking about you've been baptized or you've been a member of a church or you've been sprinkled or you've done this. I'm talking about a heart change where Jesus Christ comes in and saves you from your sin 
And sin, listen, sin is missing the mark. And we've all missed the mark. The Bible says that there's none, none of us that have, that have ever been perfect. Not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. So if that's you this morning, you've fallen short and you've never actually said yes to Jesus Christ and allowed Him to change your life. And you have never made Him Lord of your life. That's the first thing you need to hear this morning. If that's you, I want you to step out and come. We have people up here that will pray for you. We have people in the back that will pray for you. We want to pray for you this morning if you don't know Jesus. Just step out and come. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Father. Anybody else? Don't leave this place. Don't miss this window. Don't miss God's timing today. You are here for a reason. The second thing I want to invite you for is this. Listen to me. Some of you feel like, man, I miss God's timing. And it's just too far gone. I'm too far gone. It's all over. It's past. Here's what you need to do if you've done that. If that's you this morning, that's maybe a lot of you. I don't know. But if you feel like if that's you this morning, here's what you do. You R-E-P-E-N-T. You repent. You simply repent. Say, God, I'm so sorry I missed that window. I'm sorry I didn't listen to you. I'm sorry I wasn't obedient to you. I'm sorry I didn't step into my calling back in whatever year it was. But today, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. I want to get back on the timeline that you you defined for my life. Here's the thing, guys. He already knew you would miss that window. He's not shocked. Because, oh my gosh, they, they missed that window. I don't know what I'm going to do. God is not like He already knows what's going to be planned for your life. He already has it mapped out. So if that's you this morning, I want you to step out and come and get some encouragement, get somebody to pray with you and agree with, with God's plan and His timetable for your life, His purpose for your life. Step out and come. I know that's got to be many of you this morning. Many of you, I'm just done. I missed it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Listen, get some good, wise counsel this morning. Get some wise counsel this morning and say, no more, devil. You're not gonna, you're not gonna rule my life anymore. I'm stepping into the plan that God has for my life. I'm stepping into His plan. I'm not listening to the enemy anymore. I'm stepping into God's perfect plan for my life. Step out and come. Amen. Amen. Listen, if we get in line with God, there's nothing that can stop us. When we're, when we're in tandem with God, have you ever seen one of those uh, two-seat bicycles? you got to be in tandem. One of you can't be pedaling in one way and the other another way. you got to be pedaling together. Well, God wants to, he's, he's in a tandem. He wants to be in tandem with you. Matter of fact, let him guide, let him do the pedaling. You just hang on. Amen? Okay, can I, we still have some ministry team to my left. Anybody else need prayer this morning? Don't leave here. If you think, man, I missed my window and it's too late because... That's a lie from the pit of hell. Anybody else? We want to pray for you. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Could you ladies, Mary Lou, Brandy, Pam, could y'all step up? Tell us some people coming. Ladies coming. a name when I said salvation and the name is Anthony don't miss your window this morning if your name's Anthony or Tony Antoine <laughs> he's calling you by name that's right he's calling you by name I don't know if you know it the, uh, a couple of weeks ago was it last weekend or week before week before, Mary said, you know, there's somebody here that's named Thomas or Doubting Thomas. And she said, if that's you, and you're going through a real struggle right now, I want to pray for you. Man, this young man made a beeline up here after we dismissed the service. He was just waiting. He's looking at my wife. He's just standing there with tears. He said, my name's Thomas. He said, I am really struggling. 
Isn't that awesome how God, how good he is? The Sunday she heard the word Marco. And I said, you may spell your name M-A-R-K-O or M-A-R-C-O. This guy said, I wasn't going to come forward until I heard you say M-A-R-C-O. He said, that's my name. And he needed prayer. He knows you by name. He knows you by name. He wants to pour into your life today. Anybody else need prayer this morning? Any other need? Do you have any other need? We still have people in the back. Robert and Yoli over there. Basil's over here. Colin's back over here. Anybody else need prayer this morning? We don't want you to leave without getting prayer. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't want to miss anybody. Anybody else need prayer? Thank you, Blenda. Blenda's over here. She can pray with somebody. I was just about to call your name, Blenda, to step out. She can be teaching Wednesday night. Anybody else? That's what we're here for. Don't be embarrassed to come get prayer. Man, if we're embarrassed to get prayer. I never would have got saved. I hit the ground running, man. I was hit the pew about what the church I grew up in or I went to when I got saved had an altar, like a wooden altar. You know, just with a padded thing for your knees and wood rail. And I didn't come to the altar. I came to Jesus. Just happened to be at the altar. Anybody else? Any prayer? Aura's up here. She can pray with one of the ladies. Anybody else? Joe, you got one to pray with there, I see? Okay. Right over here. I know it's 12, 11. I didn't even check to see when the Cowboys play. So so grateful for DDR. You never have to miss church anymore to go to watch a game. Anybody else? Think you missed God's timing. And he said, nope, I've still got you on my timetable here. I've got you checked for September 23rd. That's your day. 2018. You thought it was 10 years ago, but I saw that you missed it, but I've got that window today. It's open for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I want you to leave this morning and need prayer. Anybody else? You may be seated. Thank y'all for standing so long. I know it's it's asking a lot. Y'all may be seated. Thank you, Jesus.